One of the things that has been surprising to me, and a little humorous, is how many people keep asking me about my chickens. Now, more accurately, they are Zoe's chickens, but nonetheless, they became semi-famous because of the video sermons and devotions I did from the backyard in the early days of COVID. Well, one of these chickens, Matilda, became broody recently. And broody chickens are a pain. They sit in the nesting box all day. They growl at you if you try to move them. And they tend to scare off other chickens from laying their eggs or even coming close. A broody chicken will sometimes produce less eggs or none, doesn't eat and drink enough, and walks around with their feathers puffed up, looking about as inviting as a defensive porcupine. In short, they are an upset to the flock, which frustrated me, I must admit. But do you know why chickens go broody? Because they want to be a mom. Now, I don't want to ascribe overly complex emotions to a literal bird brain, but there is at least an internal maternal instinct in a hen to hatch eggs and raise young. And that instinct is at the root of this broodiness, which did help my perspective on the whole thing, at least a little. Now, interestingly, as every other chicken in the flock is keeping their distance, the cure for broodiness is attention from the farmer. I'm using farmer in some pretty big quotes here for myself, but move the hen off the nest, carry her around with you, make sure she has access to food and water, get her outside more. In other words, give her the attention she needs to break out of being broody. And in case you care, Zoe and I were able to restore our broody Matilda in about a week with a little attention and a bit of effort. The whole thing made me think of the fire pits we've been doing lately with our youth and the stories of death and resurrection people from our congregation have been telling and how we have been kind of carrying each other through these stories. Now, these stories do seem to have something in common. God showing up in the darkest of times, in times of isolation, in the presence of unfulfilled hopes, in tragedy, and in trauma. When we are not okay, being carried and cared for and fed by God who shows up. I think they have been really important stories, really important times to be together as we cautiously now emerge from a collective and communal death and resurrection story. Perhaps evidenced by a text I received from a youth asking if there would be another story this Wednesday. And when I said yes, she texted back, okay, great, exclamation mark. The care God gives in both the cuts of trauma and its lasting scars needs to be told and shared out loud so we can see and understand both the faithfulness and endurance of this kind of love from God to us. In remembering, there is healing and hope, both for the teller and certainly for the hearers as well. And it reminds me of a promise Jesus made to us and to his disciples in John 14, just the night before his death. He said this, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live.